Chapter Two of J. S. Bach by Albert Schweitzer, translated by Ernest Newman. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Read for you by Chiquito Crasto. The origin of the texts of the chorales. It was a custom in the Catholic Church in the earliest times for the congregation to take a direct part in the singing during the service. To it belonged the doxologies, the amens, the kyries, and the hymns. At the end of the sixth century and the beginning of the seventh, however, this privilege of the faithful, which had been secured by Ambrose, was taken from them by the Gregorian reform, which substituted the singing of the priests for that of the congregation. In Germany, however, this reform was not adopted in its entirety. The people still preserved a few of their privileges especially in the Easter service when they joined in the Kyrie and the Alleluia. The result was that it became the custom to insert German verses among the lines of the liturgy in these places. In this way, the German sacred song gained admission into the religious service under cover of the Kyrie and the Alleluia. Throughout a long period of time, these ejaculations formed the obligato verse ending to every hymn sung in the church. Hence, these songs were called Kirleisen, that is, Kyrie songs. The oldest Easter hymn dates back as far as the twelfth century. It runs thus, Christ ist Christanden, von der Mater alle, der sollen wir alle vor sein, Christ soll unser Trost sein, Kyrieleis. Alleluia, 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 der sollen wir alle froh sein, Christ soll unser Trost sein, the mystery plays that had such a vogue in the 14th and 15th centuries also helped the German hymn to conquer the church. The mixed Latin-German Christmas cradle songs have a quite uncommon charm. The poetry of them is of the most primitive kind imaginable. The words are put together less with regard to the sense than to the sound and the rocking rhythm Yet the bright Christmas enchantment that surrounds them affects us no less than it did the generations that have vanished. In Bach's organ chorales, there are two of these old Christmas songs. In Dulci Jubilo, Nun singet unseid frod, Unsers Herzen wohne, liegt in Praesepio, und leuchtet als die Sonne, Matris in Gremio, Alpha et O, Alpha et O. Fuernatus in Bethlehem, in Bethlehem, undercaudet Jerusalem, Jerusalem, alle, hallel. Ein Kind geboren zu Bethlehem, zu Bethlehem, des freut sich Jerusalem, hallel, hallel. Cognovit bost et asinus, asinus, quod fuer erat dominus, dominus, hallel, hallel. Das Oxlein und das Eselein, Eselein. Erkannten Gott der Herren sein, Halle, Halle. In time, translated Latin hymns came to be admitted into German sacred poetry, the Credo, the Paternoster, the Ten Commandments, the Seven Last Words, and various psalms in metrical paraphrases were also incorporated in it. When the Reformation of the 16th century threw the doors of the churches open to German poetry, it was under no necessity to set to work to compose appropriate hymns, but could choose what suited it from the treasures of the 14th and 15th centuries. Luther, with that wonderful artistic feeling for diction, 
that even Nietzsche had to acknowledge in him undertook to revise the old possessions for the new church and to alter and improve them as might be required. At the same time, he himself continued the work of the Middle Ages by refashioning Latin hymns, psalms, liturgical chants, and biblical fragments into hymns for the German service. The German Reformation had this advantage over the French, that it found a spiritual song already existing in the popular tongue, and therefore a ground upon which it could build. But its great good fortune was that it possessed in Luther a man who would not permit the old wood to be cut down, recognizing with sure prescience that the new song must grow up in the shade of the old. On the other hand, the sacred folk song withered away in the Romanesque countries because it had no root in the Middle Ages and had to exist as best it could upon the Psalter as it does to the present day. At the first glance it may seem incomprehensible that Calvin, by making the Psalter the hymn-book of the people, should from the very beginning condemn his church to infertility. He obeyed the instinct of the Romanesque spirit and pronounced the judgment that was decreed on the French Reformation even before it came into being. Later on, German chorales and English hymns were borrowed to be added to the Psalter. The first German hymn-book, the so-called Yerfurt Enkeridion, appeared in 1524 and was probably compiled by Luther's friend, Justus Jonas. It was issued simultaneously, curiously enough, by Trutabulsch at the imprimerie of the Dying Tub and in Mahler's imprimerie of the Black Horn. The sole surviving copy of the Mahler issue was destroyed by fire in 1870 at the bombardment of Strasbourg. Fortunately, it has been reproduced in facsimile in 1848. The Trutabulsch hymn book has been recently brought out in a new edition. In accordance with the practice of the time, this first hymn book was shamelessly pirated everywhere, among other places at Nuremberg, where the printer Hans Hergott so zealously pirated Luther's writings from the very beginning that Luther, on the 26th September 1525, had to petition the town council to forbid the Hergotlein to pirate. Among the twenty-six songs of the Erfurt Erkiridion are eight German translations of psalms, including Aus Teifer Notschrei ich zu dir, a series of hymns done into German, the two medieval Easter hymns Christlag in Todesbanden and Jesus Christ unser Heiland der den Tod überwand. The old hymn upon the Ten Commandments, three hymns by Paul Speratus, including the well-known Es ist das Heil unkommen er, and some of Luther's hymns, including the New Lied von den Swin Metereren Christi zu Brüssel. Ein Festerburg does not appear in this hymn book. Besides Luther and Paul Speratus, 1484-1551, they may also be mentioned as the earliest writers of sacred poems. Nicolaus Decius, died in 1541, and Nicolaus Selnecker, 1530-1592. The last hymn book to appear in Luther's lifetime was published in 1545 in Leipzig by Valentin Babst, this, in its numerous reprints and pirated editions, remained the standard for all evangelical hymn-books until the end of the 16th century. In Bach's organ chorales are found such of these oldest hymns 
as were also included in the later hymn books a sacred songs of the middle ages one easter hymns christ ist erstanden five number four christlag in todesbanden five number five six numbers fifteen and sixteen cantata number four jesus christus usher highland derden tod five number thirty two two christmas hymns in dulci jubilo five number thirty five fuernatus in bethlehem five number forty six three improvements of medieval song phrases das jesus andem kreuzer stund the seven last words five number nine dies sind die heilgen zen kevot five number twelve six numbers nineteen and twenty vater und sir im himmelreich five numbers forty seven and forty eight seven numbers fifty two and fifty three wir glauben all an einen gott seven numbers sixty sixty one and sixty two four hymns translated from the latin der tag der ist so freundenreich dies est laetitiae five number eleven christum wir sollen loben schon a solis ortus cardine five number six and seven Erstanden ist der Heilige Christ. Surexit Christus hodie. Five number fourteen. Herr Gott dich loben wir. Te Deum laudamus. Six number twenty six. Komm Gott schöpfer Heilige Geist. Veni Creator Spiritus. Seven number thirty five. Komm Heilige Geist Herr Gott. Veni Sancte Spiritus. Seven numbers thirty six and thirty seven. Nun kom der Heiden Highland, veni redemptor gentium. Five numbers forty two and forty three. Seven numbers forty five, forty six and forty seven. Cantatas numbers sixty one and sixty two. B hymns by Luther. One translations. Jesus Christus unser Highland, der den Zorn Gottes. Jesus Christus nostra salus. Hymn of John Hus. Passion Hymn, seven numbers thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two, and thirty-three. Gelobet seist du Jesus Christ, gratis nunc omnes redamus. Christmas Hymn, five numbers seventeen and eighteen. Two biblical paraphrases. Aus tiefer not schrei ich zu dir. Psalm one thirty. De profundis, seven numbers thirteen and fourteen. Cantata number thirty-eight. Ein Festerburg, Psalm forty-six, six, number twenty-two, Cantata number eighty, Mitfried und Freud, ich fahr dahin, The Song of Simeon, Luke two, five, number forty-one, three, original hymns, Christ unser zum Jordan kam, baptismal hymn, seven, number seventeen and eighteen, Cantata number seven, vom Himmel hoch da kom ich her, five, number forty-nine. And pages ninety-two to one hundred and one, seven numbers fifty-four and fifty-five. From Himmel come their Engelschar, five number fifty. C. Translations and paraphrases from various authors. Allein Gott in der Hoch sei er, Gloria in excelsis by Nicolaus Decius, died fifteen forty-one. Six numbers three to eleven. Christe du Lam Cotus. The Agnus Dei in its simple form, five number three, O Lamb Gottes Unschuldig, 
The Agnus Dei expanded into three verses by Nicolaus Decius, 5, number 44, 7, number 48. Anwarserflussen Babylon, Psalm 137, Superflumina, by Wolfgang Dachstein, 7, numbers 12a and 12b. Christ der du bist der Elletag, Christa qui lux est et dies, 5, pages 60, Partita. In dich hab ich gehoffet her, Psalm 31, In te domine speravi, by Adam Reisner. Died fifteen sixty two, six number thirty four, mine sailor erbet den Herrn, the Magnificat seven numbers forty one and forty two, cantata number ten, Kyrie, Cot Vater, Kyrie fons bonitatis, seven numbers thirty nine a and forty a, Christa aller felt trost, Christe unite dei patris, seven numbers thirty nine b and forty b. Kairi, Gott Heiliger Geist, Kairi Ignis Divine, 7, Numbers 39c and 40c. The really creative period of the hymn begins at the end of the 16th century. The whole of German poetry is impelled upon the religious path. While France, under a monarchy conscious of its own goal, is developing into a strong national state, in which there springs up a brilliant literature fostered by an art-loving court, Germany is on the way to complete ruin. The nation as such disappears, and with it that national feeling without which no true literature is possible. When the country relapsed into barbarism during the Thirty Years' War, the only thing of the soul that survived was religion. In its bosom poetry took refuge. Thus Germany, in its bitterest need, created a religious poetry to which nothing in the world can compare and before which even the splendor of the Psalter pales. The hymns of that time are a mirror of contemporary events. When the plague ravages in 1613, the eastern parts of Germany, Valerius Herberger sings his joyous dirge, Valet will ich dir geben, du arge Volsche, Welt. 7. Numbers 50, 51. Martin Rinkartz, 1586-1649. Nun danket alle Gott. 7. Number 43. Is composed while the bells are ringing out the conclusion of peace in 1648. These hymn writers are by no means talents of the first order. Nevertheless, the sincerity of devout feeling and the grave beauty of a diction formed by a constant reading of the Bible keep the average of the songs fairly high. Perhaps all these poets wrote too much. It happens too with the sacred poem as with the lyric. In one inspired song the poet become for the moment a genius will express magically what in other songs he could only stammer out and this one song will live johann riest sixteen o seven to sixteen sixty seven composed six hundred and fifty eight songs of these five or six survived in the hymn books among these hymn writers were two mystics philip nicolai fifteen fifty six to sixteen ninety eight and johann frank 1618 to 1677. To these Bach felt himself particularly drawn, for they, like himself, were steeped in the atmosphere of the Song of Songs. He wrote a cantata on Nikolai's Wei Schon Leuchtet der Morgenstern, number one, and another on his Wachet auf Ruft uns die Stimme, number 140, also basing an organ chorale on the latter, seven, 
number 57. He treated Frank's Jesu, Mein Freude, in a motet and in two organ chorales, 5, number 31, and 6, number 29. The communion hymn of the same poet, Schmucke dich, o liebe Schiele, inspired him to a cantata, number 180, and to that splendid chorale fantasia, 7, number 49, that sent Schumann into ecstasy when he heard Mendelssohn play it on the organ. But even in that epoch there are premonitions of decline. Subjectivity of feeling and a didactic point of view invade religious poetry and deprive it of that naive, simple objectivity that alone can create true congregational songs for the church service. At the commencement of the period of decay, when feeling and diction are already becoming super-subtilized, there appears on the scene, as if to check the decline, the king of hymn writers, Paul Gerhardt, 1607-1676. His actions show that he was an adherent of the Lutheran scholastic that brought about the real reformation with such startling rapidity. The reformed electoral prince Friedrich Wilhelm had required the Berlin preachers to sign a declaration by which they pledged themselves, for the sake of peace, to treat with moderation the doctrinal differences between the Reformed and the Lutheran churches. Paul Gerhardt, in spite of friendly advances from the prince, could not be induced either to sign the declaration or to make a verbal promise, and consequently had to relinquish his office. The gentle-hearted man, it is true, had never employed in the pulpit the violent kind of polemic to which the electoral prince wanted to put an end. He regarded, however, the promise that was demanded of him as a sort of treachery to the faith of his fathers. Of his hundred and twenty hymns, more than twenty have found a place in the hymn-books. They breathe a vigorous, simple piety and are expressed in a popular diction of excellent quality. Even in the lifetime of the poet, some of them came into use in the church, while in Bach's time, many had become public property. Bach was an admirer of Gerhardt, and repeatedly employed verses from his hymns in his cantatas. In the St. Matthew Passion, he makes use of five verses from O Haupt voll Blut und Wunden, and one from Befeil du Deine Wege. The really creative period of the church song, however, had come to an end by Bach's time. Pietism did indeed produce some spiritual poetry, but for Bach's work, so far as the chorale strophes are concerned, this is of little importance. He seized upon the copious treasures of the past that lay to his hand in the hymn-books. The following figures will give an idea of the increase of the riches at his disposal. The Little Airfoot Hymn-Book of 1524 contained twenty-six songs, that of Babst in the first edition, a hundred and one. Kruger's, that was in use in Berlin for almost a century, in its first edition, 1640, two hundred and fifty, and in its fourth edition, 1736, thirteen hundred. The Luneburg, 1686, two thousand. The Leipzig, 1697, over five thousand. Who knows from the inventory that has been preserved that the eight volumes of the Leipzig hymn-book were in the possession of Bach? What became of the volumes, the leaves of which he must so often have turned over, is not known. It was unfortunate for Bach's work that the old chorale took so prominent a place in it. For this reason, it was included in the censure which rationalism, in the name of purified taste, pronounced upon the church hymn of the past. 
for the second half of the eighteenth century bach's cantatas and passions did not exist they had gone into exile with the old church hymn only after the reaction instituted by ernest moritz arndt max von schenkendorf and philip spitter against the neglect of the hymn-book had once more brought the old poems into repute were the conditions established under which a new epoch could again comprehend the old master and the piety that gave birth to his works thus it is no accident that it was the son of the poet of psalter and harp who made it his life task to reveal bach to the world end of chapter two read for you by chiquito crasto birmingham alabama